0: Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com.
1: Welcome along to The Short Ball, one of the Rugby Pod podcasts here, uh, based in Auckland, New Zealand. It's Scotty Stevenson alongside Mills Mulyaina, who may have played a couple of tests for the All Blacks. (laughs) (laughs) Afternoon, Millsy. Get a Simo. 25th of July, and it's semi-final week, Mills. What did we see on the weekend? What was the big talking point for you out of the quarterfinals? The Crusaders getting the win, the Lions getting the win, just the Hurricanes taking a while to get the win, and the Chiefs managing to hold on the ball just a bit more
2: than they lost the ball to beat the Stormers. Well, it's it's a a typical finals football, isn't it? There ain't going to be too many blowouts. I I know the Hurricanes sort of... Uh, extended their sort of lead in the end, but terrible conditions down in in Christchurch, uh, but the better team actually played to those conditions. When did we become such pussies?
1: Because everyone is talking about the fact that it rained in a rugby game, as if the game should have been called out. I know it rained a lot. I know there may have been some flooding called issues. Off. Called off. What? But people have been saying it should have been called off. Game should never have gone ahead. They should have moved it to under the roof at Forsyth Park Stadium. <laughs> what? What has gone on with people? Have we just become the
2: softest bunch of people in the world? It's a footy game. Well, uh, it is. But when you look at it, if you in contrast, if you look at that game and the weather conditions and how terrible it was compared to Johannesburg. I mean, just watching that sun.
1: It hasn't rained in Johannesburg since 1972. That is a terrible yeah. comparison.
2: Yeah, it is probably it is a terrible comparison. <laughs> but when uh, have I, you I, ever I, played I, in Johannesburg in the rain? No, I don't think I ever have. <laughs> but um, I was more interested in watching that game because it looked, you I know, know, free free running. I know. I'm with you, but you're right. Now nah, you're with right. You. That's what happens when you, I suppose, build a stadium with a roof on it. Now everyone wants one.
1: The, everyone does want one, but here's the other point. You know. The Highlanders only play half their games under the roof. They've got to play outside for the rest of them. Come on, they can't be that uh, opposed to playing in wind and rain. They've played in the rain this year. They've beaten teams in the rain.
2: Yep. Is it, is it the amount of rain we're worried about? Well, that's possibly what everyone's going on about. But I I'd suspect that the Highlanders would have trained in worse conditions than that You know, during the, the, the whole year. So. I mean, yeah, yeah I, th- I think you're right, too, mate. We are getting a little bit... I mean, rugby is full of mud, we're isn't it? We're getting soft. We're getting soft. You look back at the good old days, you're sliding through the mud when you're at <laughs> bloody club rugby. <laughs> that's then, yeah. it. That's it. Uh, we're going to talk about the semifinals coming up
1: today on the short ball. Uh, also cover a bit more uh, of what we learnt from the quarterfinals, but we have a special guest today, Melzi. Special? A very special guest. In fact, he's a special man. I like to call him Marty fucking Banks <laughs> uh, because that's <laughs> technically his name. I don't know if that's his official middle name, uh, but it should be. And, of course, uh, he's bowed out now with the Highlanders, yep. quarterfinal stage. Uh, but we've got him on the line now, and um, before he gets to Italy, and he's still making sense, we thought we'd, we thought we'd better talk to him. Hello, Martin going on well you're live on the podcast Marty Banks and uh, what a great pleasure to have you with us Uh, mate how's the last couple of days been because I'm sure uh, you're probably still steamed
3: oh it's been a rough couple of days (laughs) (laughs) where
1: are you where are you currently mate do we need to send send help
3: I'm in bed but um, I've been up I've had a shower but I just can't venture too far away at the moment just sort of See uh, what I've done to myself for the last couple of days and um, <laughs> to reap the consequences of it all.
1: Yeah, well, you're not a man who likes to face consequences. Uh, let me just tell our listeners that um, the time currently is a quarter past midday in New Zealand on a Tuesday and Banksy's in bed. Uh, gee, I'm going to miss you, Marty. I mean, I don't like you and you don't like me, no, you but don't. that's you, not you out the time. point. I'm going to. Well, I'm going to miss you, mate.
3: Yeah, well, I'm actually going to go try and go to Italy and see if someone will write a book about me over there because um, you wouldn't do one here, so. Um, I won't understand it in Italy, but um, I'm sure they'll say something nice about me.
1: Mate, how long do we go back now? I, the, was it the Buller season? Was that 2010? 2010 when you won the first title with Buller?
3: Um, no, it was just 2012, Sumo. Jeez, uh,
1: I've, but, put, I've put a couple of extra years on you there, Banksy. 2010, you would have been in Russia.
3: Yeah, just, just going to Russia, yeah. yeah. No, it was 2012 when he came down and ate the Crayfish and then disappeared. Yeah.
1: <laughs> i I've got to tell a story about that, day. This was Marty Banks playing for Buller against South Canterbury, final of the Lahore Cup. Our first ever title for Buller. Uh, one of the, the smallest of New Zealand's 26 provinces. Marty Banks, back from Russia, playing first five for his home union where he was born and raised in Reefton. Uh, the game was in Westport. And uh, we're commentating on a scaffold at victoria It was a Victoria Square, Banksy?
3: Victoria Square, mate. Vic- Great
1: right, park. Yeah. yeah, Victoria Square in Westport. They put up a scaffold tower, and it's literally 20 minutes into the game when Rue Duncan, the local rugby development officer, has climbed the ladder and chucked a chilli bin on the floor of the scaffold tower commentary box. He says, there's your crayfish... Disappears again, comes up five minutes later with another chili bin, he says, Here's your white bait. Enjoy the rest of the game. Hell of a man, Banksy. Why couldn't you be more like
3: him? Yeah, well it took me, um what's well, that? Uh, taken me six years, um five and a half years to get Crayfish out of roo. Actually got one the other week, so um, <laughs> I don't know how you managed to get one day one, but um yeah, I don't know. You must obviously have a bit more problem than I do around Westport.
1: <laughs> You've pulled more out of Westport than I ever will, I can <laughs> assure you of that, Banksy. Now, mates Let's talk about your career because uh, it's not very often we get to uh, have what we like to call an exit interview with a guy who's, who's made a big name for himself in, in footy here, provincial footy and, and super rugby. Now, after Buller, you, you got that job offer to go to Tasman, uh, and again, it was a great season for you there. Uh, you became a bit of a cult hero title king. Uh, what was the secret to, to your play and, and why you were able to fit into those teams as you progressed through the ranks?
3: Um, so when I moved to Tazman I didn't actually get picked um, so I think so I got caught in after the third game I think it was and we played mm. County's Manicow but um, I think the trick to that year was I was only in week by week so if I started playing bad I was kicked out so um, <laughs> I just I had to give KK no option but to pick me each week and um, yeah I don't know I was just lucky to be part of a team that was um, scoring a lot of points and planting good footy and um, I managed to just come in and get fit into my piece of the puzzle and um, thought I was a fullback at that stage and then um, turned into a 10, obviously, but um, probably didn't really start believing I was a 10 until um, a couple of years ago, or a year after that. Um, but yeah, I know it's just a bit of confidence from that season and um, playing alongside quality players I and mean, I guess that makes my job pretty easy. Um, but, and yeah, a bit of luck. Um, I don't know, don't really know. I don't, don't think about it too much, so just... Um, out yeah, there not so I make an arse myself most of the time.
1: <laughs> you went from the Haw Cup to the Championship with Tasman, the final of the Premiership with Tasman. Uh, you got your chance at
3: Super Rugby but
1: but that first year in Super Rugby, uh, Banksy with the Hurricanes, not, not all it was cracked up to be for you personally.
3: No, I've said to a few people, you know, I'm pretty honest about it. Like, I, It probably happened a bit too quick um, for me. I think I went from I know I played a game for Reesham which is a club in Buller, um, the year I played for the Marcos, which was um, the same year I made the Hurricanes. So I went from playing club rugby in Reefden, um, on a boggy, muddy field to debuting for the Hurricanes in um, South Africa um, in about six or seven months. So it was just having a bit quick, and I think I got there. And, um, I didn't really understand what sort of player I was at the time, and I learned the hard way. I went down and played the Highlanders, I think it was around five or around six, and um, I experienced nuggies, box kicks um, from the opposite <laughs> side of the field, and I think I dropped, I dropped ten probably, and the one I caught, the one I caught, Patrick Osborne just smashed me. So um, I never played, never played another game for the Hurricanes after that. Um, but then. For some reason, the Hollanders were silly enough to find me. I must have showed something that I wasn't too sure of. What, but I don't think I performed that well <laughs> in that game. So I don't know what they saw in me, but nice. um, so maybe they just felt sorry for me for ruining my career. <laughs> <laughs>
2: hey, Marty, you, you, you've delayed your departure out of, uh, I suppose, the southern uh, the southern town to go over to, you know a year, I mean, most of us only delayed a few months, but you've delayed it a year. You've obviously loved your time, you know, down in, in Dunedin, and, and, the you know, we often talk about the culture and things like that. You fit it in nicely, you know, even to the outsider, you, you'd suspect that you're actually from down there, the way, you, yeah, the way you've sort of um, jailed with those guys. But are you actually looking forward to going over to, to Treviso? There's a couple of, you know, familiar faces over there, and obviously Colt's the, the coach, but are you looking to, forward to swapping your, your spades for a Prosecco? <laughs>
3: Um, You've yeah, tried that drink. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of that drink, but um, I'll, be a big fan of the, I'll be a fan of the pasta and the pizza. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, I guess last year when I signed the contract, um, I, just, I thought it was time for me to go. And um, I guess once I signed the contract, I and mean, then um, a few things happened with the family and stuff, and I sort of had um, second guesses. I guess, and I talked to the club over there, and they were. Um, Appeared to let play one more year of Super Rugby, and I guess now, um, with the couple of months I wasn't a part of the Highlanders over pre-season, and that I sort of uh, followed them on Instagram and um, followed them through Facebook and that, watching what they're up to over pre-season. And personally, I hate pre-season. Like, well, I'm a terrible, I'm a terrible trainer. Um, I'm not good in the gym or anything like that. But um, and I hate pre-season when it's happening. But. Um, it wasn't until it wasn't a part of it that you sort of realise, um, it's probably the best, best time of year. There's, there's, there's no performance analysis. It's all just hard work for the boys and you sort of get to know everyone that, um, sort of comes into the team and that you enjoy your time. You have some beers and, um, yeah, it turns out to be the best time of year because it's when you got the least pressure on you except for, um, some sort of impressive coaches. But, um, but yeah, and then obviously that builds a lot of, uh, um, team morale and just, unity and that through through that sort of stuff and then obviously that leads into the season and um, down here, we've got a bloody top notch crew and um, it's obviously why the boys are probably battling today because um, no one really wants to get anyone down when it comes to drinking a space so um, <laughs> <laughs> we tend to try and go as long as we can but, Marty, <laughs> but yeah, I... it's, it's going to be tough leaving that's for sure
1: Marty, I've spoken to Craig Scanlon, uh, your former coach at Buller, said you've got shit chat. I have spoke to Leon McDonald and Kieran Kane at Tasman, shit chat. Tony Brown at the Highlanders, you've got shit chat. Um, have you managed to improve your banter at all as you progressed from Heartland Rugby through to Super Rugby?
3: No, no, probably not. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know, mate. Oh, I end up just coming up with the same sort of, um, same sort of comments, and um, <laughs> I don't know. I need some new material, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I just have to look at the Fijians, and it seems to work. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's that's brave on your part, mates. Uh, what I meant to say though is that. You become a cult figure within every club you're at. Uh, a, because you're a great fall guy and you take a lot and uh, guys know they can rip the piss out of you and, you and you've got nothing to shoot back at them. Did you find that you had to take that role quite seriously, being the fall guy in every team?
3: I don't know how it happens. I actually come to every team and have the mindset of I'm not going to be the class clown. this team. So every time I go somewhere new, I go with this mindset. I'm just going to sit in the background and not make an arse of myself but I'm pretty sure day one Joe Wheeler hits me with pretty much everything he can and then I become the pool guy straight off the bat <laughs> so um, I had no hope there but I'm just hoping when I go to Italy obviously um, the language there I won't actually know what the are mean. me so um, oh, I won't know what the are so I'll just sit there and uh, I'll still probably be the pool guy but I just won't know what the are saying so it won't be, didn't <laughs> uh,
1: Banksy it's uh, always great to chat to you we wish you all the very best before you go can you just admit that I made you?
3: Yeah, you've said that quite a few times, Uh, actually. I still remember uh, watching the replay because the the County Manico game when you first gave me that nickname, Screech. Uh, It's really, really, really stuck with me for quite a few years now. And it's actually break my head every time someone calls me up because (laughs) I know exactly where it came from. Yeah, it was rough. It was rough. It was a rough day up there too. Like, those big county boys picking on me already and then I've listened to the replay and I've got you picking on me on TV. I just <laughs> couldn't escape it. Yeah. So. But no, you probably probably did contribute a lot to uh, my career here,
1: Oh, that's a great oh. admission from you, Banksy. That's the first time. That is the first time in five years you've ever said something nice about me. I'm leaving you now. I'm, in fact, I'm hanging up on you. Goodbye. Okay, <laughs> Enjoy Italy. Marty, but I, I, I take the mickey. I, I mean, I, I love what he's achieved in our game. Uh, and I think our game needs guys like that because, yep. uh, you know, we're not talking about a guy who's been a superstar of the game on the outside. It's not about his stats and his numbers. It's about the fact that he gets his points, mm. he's a massive contributor to the team culture, and every time he's been called on to do something special, Super Rugby Final, oh, why don't I just slam a drop goal to win it? Yep. Uh, you know, it's a, I remember scoring a 90-metre try against Northland one day. I mean, freakish things on a footy field that no one expected. And every time you thought, oh, it's just Banksy, you know, with a fluky game, a fluky move, he did it again, and then he did it again, Mm -hmm. and then he did it again. He's very self deprecating. The reason the Highlanders picked him is because
0: he is. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact.
1: proved over a very long period of time. Those guys and teams, to me, are the heart and soul of teams. Oh,
2: absolutely. And, and I think, you know, you need those sort of guys around. I mean, he could have easily have gone, you know, years ago, but he sticks around. You talk about guys, you know, he was the person that just scores his goals. Mate, he went, what, 20, 30 odd uh, without missing. 100% over three seasons. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's not someone, I mean, you, you name any of the top All Blacks that's ever sort of done. I don't think anyone has. So, mm. Those are the sort of guys that new Zealand rugby sort of owe a lot to you know easily have could easily have gone over and uh with the drive of the of the money yeah. uh, but you know chose to stick around and creates a big culture you know having him and they having someone like that you know he talks Agreed. about being the fallback four fall guy, but you know when the serious stuff happens. They, the, the, I, I'd suspect the Highlanders will actually look at him for inspiration, you yeah. know, and so those are the sort of guys you need in in a, in, a, in a country like ours where it's, you know, predominantly about, you know, culture and, and tradition and history. And, um, and so, yeah, take my hat off for tour, mate. He's an absolutely outstanding guy. Do
1: you know what else he is? Is a symbol to every player that you don't have to be on the conveyor belt from 14 years of age. <laughs> yeah. That it's not about being in first fifteen, and then your representative provincial junior team and then into your stipended contract with your province and onward and onward yeah. in that traditional pathway. Now, here's a guy who was turned down by North Harbour, went to play professional rugby in Russia with uh, Krasnyask, Boogie Horton, who's still up there as well. Uh, a couple of boys have been up there to play with Krasnyarsk. Then he came back, picked up in his own home province, Bulla. Yeah. I mean, the smallest <laughs> province in the country. And that season, they win the first ever title they've ever won, the Lahore Cup. Then he's with Tasman, as he said, not invited early, but then three games in, he's in that team. Mm. Then he's picked up from the by the Hurricanes. Then he's dropped, you know. And everyone's thinking, oh well, that's that. He's reached his ceiling, you know. All of a sudden, a year later, he's a Super Rugby champion yeah. against the very team that shelved him. Yeah. And he's gone on to do that time and time again. And and I think it's a great lesson for any player to say, you know, forget about it. Forget about being in your age group team if you want it. And you go and look for opportunities. Opportunities oh, will be there. Yep. And and I think more players should go back to Heartland. Yeah. If they can't get a break in the in the big provinces and the top flight might attend cups, go and ask. Yep. If you're from a country area and you've moved to the city,
2: go back and play there. It's a great learning curve for players to be playing that level of football. Oh, absolutely, sir. So, and you're seeing that quite often these days. That a lot of our young players, you know, they might start start off at club rugby. They don't quite make the A team. Then they're in the B team. They don't. They don't want. They don't want that. They want mm. the reward straight away. Now here's a guy that we're you know, just talking about. He, you know, he's determined. You know, he's relentless. You know, he goes over. He knows. He, he knows what it's like to actually not make a team, but then the drive to keep going and to, to become an absolute you know super rugby superstar mm. is that, that's that's the sort of stuff we're talking about. These are the sort of guys that New Zealand rugby you know need around. You know, Agreed. it's not just about you know sitting there and um, being the four back guy and just off field stuff. You know yeah. the the um, you know, what he's overcome to be where he is now. And so, um, you know, he, he, he's a big lesson for, for, for future rugby players because it's not all about going through the grades. You know, there's a lot of... Ali Williams didn't go through the mm. grades, but, you know, I'm I'm, I'm Corey thinking, Jane's another. Yeah, you know, so if your, your heart's there and you're, you're determined to do it, you know, no matter what sort of setback you you have, you can, you can make it. And he is a prime example of that. Yeah, he's heart and soul. He's a
1: champ. Uh, Marty Banks on the short ball rugby pod uh, podcast. Uh, Mills Muliena and Scotty Stevenson with you as we move on, Millsy, to uh, the semi-finals. First up, the Crusaders taking on the Chiefs. Uh, Yes, we know conditions were terrible last week, but take nothing away from that Crusaders performance. In fact, I think add on the praise because wet weather rugby, finals rugby, who shuts out the Highlanders? It's a donut for the Landers yeah. against the Crusaders. That, that is tough. They're taking on the Chiefs. The Crusaders have never lost a playoff game at home. They are 17 and 0 at home. And although the Chiefs have won six of the last eight games between these two teams, man, it's an ask to come back from Cape Town oh, and man. do it down there.
2: Yeah, is it what? And I, and I think that might be the, you know, it's a very big hurdle to over, try and overcome. You know, if the conditions are similar to what they, they were last weekend in, in Christchurch. You know the old the, the Crusaders oh, forbid, forward, pack. right? Well, the Crusaders forward peg—they're just going to roll up their sleeves and they're just going to love it. You know, so um, yeah, the, the, you know, obviously my allegiance is to the Chiefs, but you know, seeing the way that the Crusaders closed out that game—and we spoke about this last week—I actually thought the Highlanders were going to win. Yeah. Um, yeah, you did. So I didn't. I didn't want to remind you of that. No, no, I know, I know you didn't, but I'm, I'm bringing it up. Okay, so not, congratulations to the. Crusaders. Unfortunately, I can't pick them this week because of my <laughs> loyalty <laughs> See, to my mighty Chiefs.
1: And this is what I love about the Chiefs Crusaders. Uh, more than the forward battle, which we know is going to be uh, pretty intense. By the way, uh, yes the Crusaders forwards were good, but how good was the Crusaders backfield? Yeah. We talked about David Harvey last a, week, a, yeah. putting him back at fullback, they're a different team. Yeah. They were a different team. Yeah, they yeah.
2: covered every yeah. kick option yeah. the Highlanders well, put for them. Good Hugh was fantastic. Oh, massive. Defensively, honestly, and even Harvelli, you know, he put a shot on uh, I think it was uh, Fikitoa Toho late mm. in the game. I mean, and so they just a look a lot more settled with Havili back there. And, you know, he sort of you know, um, looking after one side. Yeah, Could doing he, his thing on the right wing side, Exactly. Right? And it just takes a little bit more pressure off him. Yeah. So, no, they, they, were, they were great last week. I meant to bring up, the Chiefs
1: hate the Crusaders. Do I mean, they? admit it. You Do they? Like, yes. Of all the teams the Chiefs play, they reserve a special level of hatred somewhere in the 12th level of their own personal hell for the Crusaders.
2: It's, it's fair to say that. That's right. Yeah. It's fair to say that. Where has that come from? Oh, oh, what what, oh. If, what is the big beef with the Crusaders? I don't, I don't know where it actually... I think once the Chiefs actually started dominating the Blues in that first sort of mm-hmm. like a few years ago, then they sort of had to find something else. Oh, you
1: gave up on the Blues? <laughs> yeah, that's the worst. <laughs> As if their season wasn't bad <laughs> enough. <laughs> An open admission that the Chiefs didn't value the rivalry anymore.
2: <laughs> wow. No, 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 that was just my own theory. I'm just starting to come up with. But no, I, I don't know where it sort of stemmed from, to be totally honest, Sumo. I think it was just, you know, you know, when um, the Crusaders were so dominant, everyone was sort of after, you know, after them. You know, it was, you know, to beat the Crusaders was massive. And so I suppose it sort of stemmed from that and it's just gotten... Worse
1: and worse. It's nasty, though. I, I remember watching semi-finals and quarterfinals and, and games against the Crusaders, Kahui especially. Your old mate, Richard Kahui, uh,
2: I mean, literally, he couldn't even look them in the eye. <laughs> no, He hated the Crusaders. No, yeah. and that, I mean, that adds a little bit. You know, when, when you're coming back from South Africa knowing, you know, that you actually hate the Crusaders and you want to beat them, <laughs> that's going to give you extra motivation. But, that's true. you know... When you come in, when you go down there and play at AMI, and you've got a, such a big forward pack, it's a, it's a tough. It's going to be a tough ask for the Chiefs. Yeah,
1: massive. Look, they played Mitch Brown again, and and in, in the locking spot uh, against the Storm has got away with it for the second straight week. Yeah. I, I don't know if they can do that against the Crusaders. And the way Kieran Reed operated at lineout yeah. time, Sam Whitelock, seems to have, uh, I think, just suddenly become reinvigorated yeah. after having a very slow patch around uh, just before the All Blacks and, and
2: through that All Blacks season. He looks like he's back and ready to motor. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, so that battle, I mean, it's, it depends who be, does Bird start, you know. If he's fit. If he's fit enough, you know, put him in there. He knows, you know, what what uh, the Crusaders are like. He'll he'll go to battle and he'll want to actually bring some physicality. Yeah. You know, especially against the likes of Whitelock. I've, I've enjoyed the way Sam's played this year, you know. Yeah. The way he's gone about his business, he's led from the front and he's actually brought some, you know, some smarts along with physicality, which has been fantastic. You're on the short ball, a rugby pod podcast. A rugby pod podcast. Mills Millian Scotty
1: Stevenson uh, covering off the second of the semi finals this week in Super Rugby. Millsy, the Lions and the Hurricanes, first meeting between these two teams this year, first time the Lions mm. have had to play a Kiwi side. All the talk has been about the fact the Lions don't deserve to be where they are as minor premiers because they haven't played a New Zealand side. I'm going to flip that on his head. Just quickly, does a New Zealand team deserve to be number one if they
2: haven't played the Lions? Oh, it's a good way to put it, actually. You yeah, I think the Lions deserve to be there. I <laughs> absolutely de- think they deserve to be there. And then the way they've been playing, I think, you know, yes, they haven't played any New Zealand teams, but what, what what's what's that saying? They've dominated right. every other team, exactly right. And in the weekend they showed some grit and determination to come back because they probably possibly could have lost that game they should have lost that game in those dying minutes but they came back they're a little bit sort of I think they're going to be a lot better this week they were a little bit fancy in that first um that first half and sort of wanted to try a few things and didn't quite go to plan but I, I'm, I'm thinking this week they're going to be you know they've got a big forward pack. you know they get back down to that sort of stuff and they're I mean, I've been really impressed with some of the Lucy's like getting in the mate. middle of the park and be able to you know throw the ball around a bit so yeah. it's going to be a Oh, man, I, I'm looking for... This is this is probably the game I'm actually looking forward to the most. I
1: I, I do not disagree with you. I, I look at guys like Andres Kutsier, Ruan Combrink, clutch, 54 metres out, penalty to win the game <laughs> against the Sharks, no sweat. Easy, I mean, man. why are we not talking about that more this week? Oh. I mean, that's the play of the finals for sure. Uh, Lionel <laughs> Mapu at centre, Kourtno <laughs> Uh Alton Yankees was questioned this game, but we've spoken about him before. He has been very good at managing their game plan all season long. Look, to me, it's going to come down to this. The, the Hurricanes bludgeoned their way to victory against the Brumbies. Yep. They had a Ferrari back line, and they took out the tractors. <laughs> I, I think they have to take out the Ferraris this week yeah. to beat the Lions. Yeah. I, they they are not going to beat them at line-out drive. They are not going to beat them at rolling malls. They are probably not going to beat them at scrum time, although they can get parity. Mm.
2: So surely, surely you take the lines wide. You spread them. Yeah, yeah, I'd... But in order to be able to spread them, you've got to actually match them up front. And we asked this question when the Hurricanes played the Crusaders, and they actually did front up. Yes, you see a few personnel missing from the Crusaders pack, but yeah, they lost. Who? Oh, you mean the last game? The last game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. yeah. And so I think um, you know if they can do that and get it wide, Ussel's going to be you know where do they put us all? Um, You know, do they do they put Sladden back at centre and you know so the the makeup of their back three will be very interesting. But they're all starting to fire but to try and, they've got to try and nullify their big, big pack. you know, you're
1: dealing with four players who are four of the best attackers in the game. Now, the the three, backline players I mentioned, Mapu, Combring, Scorson, yeah. and, um, and Kutsia. Geordie Barrett at centre is going to be a liability for you at some stage. Yeah. Uh, he tackles at 62% this year. He's made 31, he's missed 24. Granted, most of those were at full-back, which is a tough position to defend in, as you well know, Millsy. Yeah. But sooner or later... Not being able to have Bowden Barrett in your defensive line mm. and having Geordie Barrett in your defensive line is going to cost if a team takes you down yeah. those
2: channels and they and I think and they can you know the way they attack they they do actually like uh, like target those sort of areas, and so if you're those are the percentages he's showing up, you need someone there that's just going to you know, knock people back. And, you know, usually you find sometimes in a team there might be one guy you have to look after on attack. These guys have got three or four. Mm. And so, you know, it's that would be a massive workload for someone like Barrett, you know, and especially given the way they actually try and push um, you know, um his brother back as well. And yeah. so now all of a sudden you've only got, you know, one defender.
1: You well, know? I think the Hurricanes, a lot like the Crusaders, are going to be better if Geordie Barrett gets to play fullback this weekend. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just as when David Harvey returned for the Crusaders, they looked like the Crusaders. Yep. When Geordie Barrett moves back to fullback, that team is going to look like the Hurricanes again. Mm. If, if that's the case, I give it to the Canes. If they have to be makeshift again and Vince Arsler doesn't quite recover in time, I think they're going to have problems against the Lions. I think it all comes down to where they play their best players,
2: yeah, and that's going to be a key. I mean, Boydie's a very smart man, and I suppose he would have had that conversation long after, um, you know, the, the you know well, shortly after the Brumbies sort of victory, um, knowing that Ussel was going to be there or thereabouts. But I think the Hurricanes would have seen enough the way that uh, the Sharks defended and put the Lions under pressure for majority of that game. You know, even the way that the the Sharks kicked and put pressure on. And mm. so, if 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 they can do that. Then yeah, I, I would give it to you know I would give it to the, the Hurricanes and with the way that Young Junji's played last weekend though, that's probably his, his, his worst game of the season. So you know it would be interesting how he comes back from this because if he comes back firing, it could be a totally different story. And that's probably the biggest worry for the for the, for the Hurricanes.
1: There it is, Milzy. I take it then you're going for Chiefs and Canes. Yes, Chiefs and Canes for Milzy. I on the other hand are going Crusaders Lions. Beautiful. You shout lunch next week. If I win, okay, and just if, a boiled egg. If you win, good on you.
2: <laughs> oh, hey,
1: hey, hey, hey! hey. Man, I don't have a professional rugby career fullback fall back on. Like. Hey, I don't hey, have a professional
2: on. rugby contract uh, ever. Oh, that's true. No, you're done. Student loan, mate. Oh, I, I'm sure I can get something out of study. Student link. loan? Yeah, mate, Milsey. We need to talk about
1: that. Melsy. That's been the short pull, a rugby pod podcast uh, here in Auckland City. Enjoy the semi-finals of Super Rugby, and make sure you catch all the action live on RugbyPass.com.